This week on Invasion of the Podcast, Disney rolls a D23 and crits. We dig deep into the back issues of some indie press. And we find out how much of a Mega Man Paul is. We bring you this special radio television broadcast in order to give you the very latest information on an amazing phenomenon. The arrival of a spaceship. Just a minute, ladies and gentlemen, I think something is happening. Flying saucers have invaded our planet. People of Earth, attention. It's the invasion of the podcast. The whole world is under attack. Can it survive? All right, and welcome to Invasion of the Podcast. Uh, we're um, taking over the world one listener at a time. I am Paul, die cut cover Stedman. And as always, to my left is Joe Gatefold Cover Peters. <laughs> Gatefold covers. I, I don't. I haven't seen one of those in a long time. Yeah, but it shows the whole life of Joe. It's just like this amazing, amazing um, it's Alex, panorama. Alex Ross painting. Yeah, of <laughs> just the different just... points of Joe's life. <laughs> um, so we got a lot of good stuff to talk about. I'm, I'm going to briefly hit, uh, hit at the, um, this weekend. Uh, Joe and I spent many hours out in a park, getting sweaty and sunburnt, uh, playing mini games, and it was a good time. Um, there's something about like being a kid again and running around outside and throwing a dodgeball at people. Yeah. I tried to explain to everybody. I was like, Hey, I had a great weekend. I got to go to the park and spend a lot of time at the park and, and play games. And they were like, what do you mean you played games at the park? I'm like, well, one of my friends, he had like a, it was like field day. Remember when you were a kid and you had field day and it was kind of like that. We just didn't have a parachute, but other than that, it was great. If, if people want to fund a parachute next year, I'll bring a parachute. It'd be amazing. <laughs> so when Joe showed up, um, I, I had a, a little speaker out playing some music and, and, um, and, and Joe's like, why aren't you playing the show? And I'm like, I, you know, that was my secret, like the entire time to be like, I wasn't serious. you thought it was, you thought it was a day out in the park. It's yeah. really recruitment for the, uh, for the podcast. Yeah. So, um, for those that listened that attended the event, um, uh, thank you for coming. It was a good time. And it was always fun to see grown adults getting mad, um, at, Dodgeball outcomes, though there was a vicious hit at the end. Oh man, dodgeball! There were some really good. <laughs> it hits. almost it almost turned Game of Thrones. <laughs> it almost turned like very dark for a second, and then there was also some controversy for the the limbo. That was also yeah, yeah. limbo had some controversy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just i i would i you know being in my mid thirties, uh, you know that I thought that maybe like grown ups would like kind of like let some of that stuff fall away no. no when there's a chance to win something people are they're, they're all 12 years old that's really all it comes down to and there was like um there were a couple other people doing picnics and stuff and i remember like towards the end when we were doing tug of war we had probably like it was like 15 and 15 maybe you know there was like a lot of people on each end but a lot more larger guys on joe's side <laughs> oh. and a lot more smaller framed people on my side whatever yeah and <laughs> It wasn't much of a contest, yeah, but we should have we should have done captains anyway. Uh, but no, there was there was another picnic off to the side. I don't know if it was like a family reunion picnic or something. It was pretty big, but there were like people watching us and filming us, and it was kind of funny. I was like, look, these guys are getting a kick out of it. And there was a wedding party there earlier, and they were all dressed up, and we almost like turned uh, all Hunger Games with them, and almost grabbed a bunch of water balloons and just went after them. It would have been that would have been a good time. Yeah. But anyway, so thank everybody for coming out. It's a good time. So let's get to uh, the news. If I could find the news button. Oh, no. You got rid I of did it. it again. Did you get rid of the news button? No, I just keep hitting it with my fat finger. There we go. News team, assemble! News eventually is brought to you by 
the Midwest's best grooming company, dedicated to bringing you only the finest beard balms and oils, strong enough to the, tame the roughest of faces, and alluring enough to draw in those who love it. And that is at mwbgroomingco.com. Clean your stuff up. Yeah, if you got a beard, just you just gotta get, you gotta get your life together <laughs> and, and check it out with some beard beard bombs. Beard bomb. Beard bomb. Bombs. I don't know why I have a hard time with that. I don't know. It sounds like beer bombs. Bomb. Beer. Yeah. Beer? Like you drink beer? Beer, beer bombs. Mm, beer? I, w- I would buy beer bombs. Beer. Throw them at people, they'd have a good time. Be like, man, I just got hit with a beer bomb. What kind was it? I hope it was a Natty Light bomb. <laughs> a Natty Light bomb. It's like, oh, how dare you? Anyway. <laughs> so, big news. Um, the Disney had their expo. D23, which is... Disney's big, I guess Dis- it's the E3 version, Comic-Con version of Disney stuff. So, and and the cool thing about it now, the re- I, I want to say the biggest reason that these things getting so much attention, because D- D23's been around for a while, is because now they have Marvel and they have Star Wars. So they could put that as part of their D23 Expo. It's almost like Comic-Con, but not Comic-Con. It's like another Comic-Con. Yeah. Like, so... Um, D23 was just this past week, and I, of course, they had their Marvel stuff, their Star Wars stuff. They also had some Disney stuff, which, uh, big surprise, um, the, I think the coolest thing, like, I expected Marvel to have Civil War there. I didn't expect Doctor Strange, but they had a little Doctor Strange teaser, from what I understand. Everybody said it looked really cool, but very different. Yeah, it was just weird because like everything I've read so far is like all about Civil War, and everyone's like, "Oh, and there's Doctor Strange stuff there too." So I haven't really got a chance to read all the Doctor Strange stuff. Yeah, and that's more interesting to me because you know, with the Russo brothers and what they've done with Winter Soldier, that um, they're the Civil War is in good hands. Yeah, and 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 I know the more we find out about that, the better. And we're going to talk about that more in a second. But I'm really curious about Doctor Strange. I am too, and um. Uh, Anthony Mackie was pretty hype about Doctor Strange. We talked about that. Yeah, he was like, uh, he he came out to talk about Civil War, and he was all about like all the concept art for Doctor Strange. Which, if I remember right, the guy who's directing Doctor Strange um, directed Sinister. Um, that the uh, it was a horror movie that came out like two years ago. That Ethan Hunt. Okay. Um, Ethan Hunt. No, that's from Mission Impossible. Ethan Hawke. Ethan Hunt is Tom Cruise from Mission Impossible. That's, that's have it's Ethan probably Hunt's. Ethan Hawke. It's Ethan really Hawk. Ethan Hunt. He's like, going to pull his mask off and be like, I was oh, this guy the entire time. It was Cruise. And now I'm haunted by 8mm films. It's terrible. You know, like now. It's going to be like this suspenseful, spooky <laughs> mu- music. You didn't and, realize that Sinister and Mission Impossible were a connected universe. Yep. You didn't even know that. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Boo. Like, know, man. <laughs> Big reveal at the third act. Uh, did you see Sinister or no? I didn't see Sinister, no. Interesting idea, and it was handled very well until, like like a lot of horror movies where you get to the end and it's like, what are you trying to do here? But uh, Ethan uh, Hawke played a guy who was moving into a house. He was a, he was a, um, a true crime writer. And he would always like write about like the, like basically like like um, situations he'd go and kind of live in an area and kind of like find out the facts of the story and write a whole thing about like these murders that happened. He moved into this house where the family um, inadvertently like they all committed suicide, and he didn't tell his own family that that's where they're moving into. And as he's like investigating like this whole thing that surrounded this, he found this box of old sorry sixteen millimeter films up in his attic that was all these other families committing similar acts. Mm. And it became this whole messed up thing. And it was a like, decent movie. So it gives me hope that the guy doing Doctor Strange, he already knows how to handle the weird. I hope he can handle like the fantastic. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, so... And also, I think Ant-Man's proven that Marvel has enough of a guiding hand to make any of their, their uh, projects, like, come out, like, well. Yeah. So, I, I'm hoping to see it, but oh, but we do know about Civil War. Do know about Civil War. Um, Star Wars was there. Uh, they revealed some more concept art and more, uh, a little bit of footage from things. Uh, they had the, uh, what is it, the the First Order. I think that's the new bad guys. Oh, I, I thought you were blanking on Black Panther. I'm like, you know who Black no, Panther is. No, 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 no. I'm talking about the Stormtroopers and everything. Those are oh. like, that's like the new Empire. Oh, you're talking about Star Wars. I was yeah. talking about Marvel. Oh, you know, I'm sorry. No, no. Um, you know, Hydra is going to be in the new Star Wars. You don't know it yet, but they're running everything. No, no, but they have the Star Wars stuff where uh, I know they also showed, uh, is it Captain Phasma? Is that how they pronounce it? Yeah, Captain Phasma uh, is played um, by, uh, I can't remember her last name. First name is Gwendolyn. Yeah, that's uh, Brianna Tarth yeah, from Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Um, oh, and also while we're talking about Star Wars, um, here we got we got to throw this in here. <laughs> Seventeen weeks till Star Wars. Ah. Uh, what's your so, what's your random Star Wars fact? Random Star Wars. So let me ask you: Do you want to? Do you, what kind of? Let me. Do you want me to tailor it? You can. What movie do you want to come from? I'm not. You know, like I guess you gotta stick to the movies because if you go expanded universe, well, no, I can anymore. do expanded universe because I have a lot of expanded universe stuff. Yeah, but, but like, that, that, that do doesn't you want, all count anymore. Do you want four, five, six, whatever? I mean, <laughs> but I like how you didn't mention one, two, or three in there. I was gonna get to those, <laughs> but there's the order. Um, give give me something a random Star Wars fact about Empire Strikes Back because it's like my favorite favorite movie of, so, of all of them empire strikes back and i don't know if you know this or not um the wampa scene in the beginning was not originally planned for empire strikes back because what had happened is mark hamill got into a really bad car accident prior to production due to corvette summer yeah yeah and his face got tore up from the accident so they tied that into the movie that he got attacked by the wampa to explain his scars. They didn't want to have like a Corvette in like that ice cave and just attack yeah. him. Okay. What'd you do? Luke, you're reckless. I, I don't know. It's one of those things that's like that. And then also like um, Brad Pitt's character in seven, whenever he actually gets hurt during the movie, he actually really did get hurt. So he had to have that cast on his arm the entire time. Mm-hmm. Like it's one of those things that feels organic. So yeah, I'm, I'm down with that. Like yeah. you don't even think twice about it. It's like he got attacked and you just move on. So also yeah. tell you not to, because I got a bunch, not, uh, Tied in with that. We <laughs> have 16 more weeks till then, <laughs> just so you know. I'm like, I got way more than 16. <laughs> anyway, but no, they that's the whole Hoth scene. Like, the I can't, I think they filmed it somewhere uh, in the northern UK in the winter. I can't, I thought remember. it was like in like, like the, um, the Finland, Scandinavia. It was, it okay. was, yeah. Um, but it was, you know, it, it was really bad. I the, know the ice European countries, the, the, I know, no, I know that it was so bad they, they basically worked out of a 30 foot area outside of the hotel for a lot of the scenes because the snow, they couldn't travel to go film a lot of stuff in. So, the, well, I mean, cause conditions were so bad. That makes sense. But yeah. it's like, um, did you watch, um, the Mythbusters star Wars special? Uh-uh, no, they, they actually tested if someone could cut open a, a wampa, not a wampa. Is that a wampa? That's not a wampa. That's a tauntaun tauntaun. Yeah. Made up words, whatever. Um, a tauntaun. It's a real could, word. They, it's, a, it's a real word. They made sleeping bags out of them. <laughs> did you I, see the yeah, tauntaun sleeping bags? I did. It's a tauntaun. Wampas are the rats that Luke shot at. I get that. No, wampas so. are the tall, uh, abominable oh. snowman guys. The, the, okay, then what are the... Womp the, rats. Womp There's wampas and womp rats. 
God damn you, too, Lucas. Too many womps. If you have two womps, you're big. If you have one womp, you're little. You're right. That makes perfect sense. So anyway, Kit Fisto. So um, anyway, um, <laughs> they actually did a whole thing. If you could live into a tauntaun, I feel like you got it cut open. Yeah. So they kind of did a whole right. like same similar like temperature thing. Well, they use a kangaroo or? No, they actually built one. Like so, oh, that so count. um, no, to... they actually did like a big one, and they cut it open, and they put a bunch of fake organs in it, and they actually have the circulatory system that they ran through to kind of like simulate like uh, like body heat for the body being inside, and then also like trying to like, well, if this thing was recently killed, so its body temperature would drop, and they actually did the same time frame, like they roughly estimated when Han would be able to go get help, mm-hmm. and they actually determined that you know what. You could live in a tauntaun uh, in that time. So it was like, it was one of those things where it's like, this is totally science fiction, but they proved that Lucas was actually right like once. Yeah, <laughs> once. Once. So right. anyway. So, but, um, uh, sorry, the moving Force on Awakens. to the rest. Yeah, yeah, yeah Force Awakens. Sorry. Move, moving on. Science. Um, uh, Kit Fisto. Uh, they also revealed one of the posters, which I thought was really cool. I know you're, you were really excited about it for episode uh, seven. Um, and uh, what was the guy who did it? Drew Struzan. Drew Struzan. That's right. Which I'm, I have a feeling that we're going to come back to him at some point. Like, you, like everybody out there, if you like love like movies from like seventies, eighties, and like like through like up till now, and you love like the poster art, a lot of it may be Drew Struzan, and yeah. he has a really didn't he do a, Harry Potter? He did, he did Harry, a lot of the he early did a lot Harry of the Potter. Harry um, iconic images he did were um, he did a lot of uh, the Raider, Back to the Future, Raiders, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, the thing where it shows the guy in the parka and it's like him staring out the camera and you can't see his face. Cause it's like, it's like this weird, like flash of light. Like, um, he did so much that, you know, and love the Goonies when it was like all of them grabbing onto each other in like a daisy chain off like the, the stalactite, like, you know, it shows yeah, them, like, yeah. like, like, like he has, a, he did a lot of, he also did Hellboy, like, um, the first one in the second, like golden army. He did a lot of interesting artwork here. Like, he has a very he has a very interesting way of um, making things look very painterly, but it's very iconic. And he did a lot. He actually did the prequel posters, um, and he this he has a style. And he retired recently, and but he's come out of retirement just to do like Star Wars stuff because I know John Williams is back out. Yeah. It's Star Wars. You got to come out for that. Yeah, you got to have John Williams. John Williams is 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 a must have for Star Wars. Um, but the poster was really cool. It had um, uh, Harrison Ford on it. It also um, revealed that uh, Finn's character, who's played by is it John Boy- Boyega, Boyega, um, the guy that was the Black Stormtrooper in the trailer, uh, he's actually a Jedi from the the poster. He had a lightsaber. Which, I mean, according to Star Wars, like r- really only people that should hold uh, lightsabers are Jedi. Yeah. But Han had one to open the Tauntaun. He just took Luke's to open the Tauntaun, yeah. But wasn't there, like, lore originally that, like, lightsabers were, like, this, like, kind of, like, wild element that, was, that took a lot of focus to control? And that's yeah. why, like, the battles weren't so crazy because you had well, to really focus on it? They kind of threw that around and threw it out. Like, originally, they, like, if you watch uh, episode four, Vader and Obi-Wan fight with the lightsabers using two hands. So, originally, Lucas wanted it so that these things were so powerful that you had to hold them with two hands to control them, almost like you were using a two-handed sword. And the dueling was very, like, kind of clunky for, like, two-handed sword dueling. But, and that, that, that went along the lines that the energy coming off of them, you had to use the force to contain it, and you basically had to be so trained to use it. 
later on in the trilogy and you know even in the original trilogy and then the new ones uh it became more of a finesse thing because okay. you pretty much are wielding no weight um and then like as far as other people using them i mean there were other characters in the expanded universe but like in the movies well, even grievous like grievous the, yeah, yeah. grievous was, was the, able the to prequel, use them. yeah mm-hmm. so I, I just thought that was interesting <clears throat> that they kind of like all oh, these things are like kind of a wild element but then it's like you're basically wielding light so you got to just kind of like treat it as such so i yeah i think it's interesting to show like it's basically like abram's tipping his hand towards a major plot point but not explaining it and i love it and i am and i'm gonna ask joe this now like I was not like, I mean, I was excited for the prequels in the sense that like it's Star Wars during my time. Like I, I was born during the original like trilogy. I didn't realize what it was like. And, and, and like, like what, and really what is it? It's a series of sci-fi movies that people liked a lot, but growing up with Star Wars, it kind of like became like a defining element. So when the prequels came out, like I was excited for them because it's mm-hmm. like my first chance to see Star Wars in the theater. Um, this is the first Star Wars though that I'm excited for because I don't know what's happening. Well, you kind of didn't know what happens with the prequels in a yeah, sense. Yeah, you he knew. Grows up, he becomes Vader. I you don't knew that. Yeah, you're right. This is true. You don't have that type of like inevitably. This the, the, is it's happen. the inevitability of what gets me. It's like you already right. know what the end point is. You know, Obi Wan's going to make it. So it's like, yeah, he's going to be sad. He's going to be Ewan McGregor and whatever. It's like personally, it's fine. I feel like that they're going to kill uh, Luke. Uh, Han and Leia off in episode seven. How crazy would that be? I'm. I have a pretty good feeling that's going to happen. Is it in the Force? Do you have a, like a disturbance in the I Force? Do. That's happening? Like I've had, I've had precognitive <laughs> Force dreams that you met, like, just like just like Anakin dreamed that his mother and Padme were going to die. I was like, oh my god. I, you know what? Like as much as that would be, like it would would piss off all the fanboys. I wouldn't I, be mad as about long it. as it's done well. Like as long as it's done with organically within the story, I'm okay with that. If it's done organically enough for the story and it passes a torch to a generation, yes, yeah. Because I feel like that's why they were brought on. As like, opposed to just like wiping the board, yeah. I don't care about. Like that. I seriously don't think Disney came to them and they were like, "Hey, look, we want to sign you up for three movies because you were in the other three movies," and. You know, Fisher, uh, Ford, and, and Hamill were all like, oh, yeah, three more movies, let's do it. But if they came to them like, hey, this is going to be the end of the chapter for your characters. I know Harrison Ford, who was probably a hard sell, that would sell him in a heartbeat because he, he always wanted Han Solo to go out in a blaze of glory. Yeah. So I think that's what's going to end up happening. I, You know what? I would be okay with that. I would, too. Yeah. Like, But I think it's going to be fun to see them again. So did you see the news so far? You got, you got Abrams directing this new one. You have um, Rain Wilson, not Rain Wilson. That's that's Dwight from the house, the the office. Rain, um, what's his name? Uh, Looper, the guy directed Looper Johnson. and Brick. Rain Johnson. Why am I messing up people tonight? Whatever. You know, you got Dwight from the office directing the next one. You know, whatever. So you got you got Rain Johnson directing the next episode. Then they also announced the the guy who just did um, Jurassic World to direct uh, episode nine. Oh, okay. Did you? I don't know if you saw that or not. Like. The guy, so they just announced that he's going to be directing the last of this most recent trilogy. I'm okay with that. I'm glad they didn't tie someone down for three movies. You know what I mean? Yeah, because Abrams, like, Abrams has been a part of two Star Trek movies and a Star Wars movie. He probably just wants to go home and hang out for a second. Well, even the uh, the original trilogy, like Lucas, Lucas had his hands all in Episode Four. Well, he directed the first one, right? Right, okay. and then um, Kirshner did uh, Jedi, or I'm sorry, uh, Empire. Which was then, awesome. Then was it Cassadian? Uh, no, uh, Richard Marquade okay. did. Um, Cassadian wrote that, right? Uh, yeah. Okay. But Marquade did Jedi. But like, 
like Je- like Empire and Jedi have always been my two favorites, but they're different in their own right, and I, yeah. I like that all three had different directors, and I think that's one of the big downsides to episode or the prequels with Episode one, two, and three is Lucas was all hands on with it. So, it, you, it, would you imagine like what a Spielberg Star Wars movie would actually been like? I couldn't. Uh, yeah, a lot of kids. Yeah, but I mean, it's still. You know what? You're right because when it comes to his family, family friendly stuff, as of like his late career, it's all about like m- giving the happiest ending possible. So there's always got to be a plug, plug with the kids somewhere. Yeah. Like it would have been some. There would he would have thrown in like some kids to hang out with Han and Leia so they could get <laughs> used to having kids, and then yeah. they would like the whole scene. I could just see it now, like the whole scene where they break away from Hoth and then they get stuck in the asteroid. It's like there's kids there with them, and it's Han, Leia, and the droids, and two kids, and that would basically be what that's Spielberg fair. Would okay, do, so so yeah, you're right. I think having Lucas having that such a stranglehold limited it a little bit, but I'm excited for having three different directors, then also like the two other movies that are coming, like Rogue One and then um, the Boba Fett movie. They did show a cast, yeah. the cast of Rogue One, which I thought was cool. So they, who was announced for that? Well, they didn't show like the the names as much as... I, I, I don't know who the names are because there's not a lot of big names, but um, they showed a, a photo of the Rogue, the group Rogue One. Okay. And it looked really cool because it looked, it looked very gritty Star Wars-y because it's basically just a bunch of Rogue... Uh, X-Wing pilots and, and a ragtag group of people. This is the one directed by Gareth Edwards, right? The guy yeah. did Godzilla. Okay. So that looked cool. I know one of the characters a lot of people thought was there was like it looked like there was a blind monk like stick. <laughs> like this guy, he had a quarter staff and he looked like he was blind and he's sitting on the crates with the rest of the the pilots. It was kind of cool. So uh, yeah, but so exciting things for Star Wars. I like I'm this is the first time in my grown up life that I'm excited for everything coming for Star Wars. So yes, and then um and I know it kind of kiboshed to talking about uh, uh, Civil War because it kind of mixed Star, Troop- Star Troopers. That's not a thing. Stormtroopers. I can't use words tonight. Stormtroopers and uh, Hydra and all this other stuff. But I know Civil War, they teased a lot of things, too. Um, so did you did you read any of that? I read, I read okay. this Civil War read-up, and it, it wasn't too descriptive. Um, it wasn't anything that I would have thought, like... like like oh my gosh, this is this is what they're going with. That's true. I mean, it pretty much like led to uh, you know the superhero registration act. Tony talking about there needs to be accountability. Um, I just like the whole Ant Man freaking out about me and Captain America. Did you read that? Yeah, that yeah. was kind of yeah, funny. Yeah, I'm so excited funny. to see that where uh, Captain America springs Scott Lang out of the back of a van and he's just like, oh my god, you're Steve Rogers. He's like, thanks for thanking me. Thanks. For, yeah, and he's <laughs> he's completely tongue tied and he's just shaking his hand. And then I think like one of the other Avengers says something to him, like Hawkeye or something, and he responds to him, but he just keeps staring yeah. at Captain America. And I love that because like one of my favorite things about the comics, and this is probably like. More recently so in the early 2000s, and, and there were a couple of different writers who did this. It's like they made Captain America like this rock star. Like everybody went ape shit over him. Like now I'm not talking about the superheroes, but I'm talking about like mostly the public. So I like that, that it's like, you know, yes, there's Hawkeye in the vision, but that's Captain America. Yeah. You know. All right. So that's so. funny. So uh, sounds like it's in good hands. I know they, they teased Crossbones. They teased uh, yeah. Black Panther and every other person ever in a Marvel movie. No so. Spider-Man, though. So far, but yeah. it's going to happen. So like, it's cool. So here, like, I'm going to kibosh this again. I want to use that word kibosh. Um, this is for Joe. I'm, I, and he didn't know this was coming. Oh, no. Ronda Rousey, yeah. the MMA fighter, yes. um, 
I'm aware has of this. recently tried to campaign to be Captain Marvel. Right. I heard this. Well, fine. I the, fine. I, I just was going to. I was going to ambush you with this, and you just like you already know about it. So, how do you feel about that? She she looks like Carol Danvers. Like yeah. I I saw there's like like on her Instagram the fan art that people post the fan art. She, there's like she there's, has that like that resting bitch face that's great for <laughs> Carol Danvers. Like there's a lot of images where she's very stern and like like oh no you didn't yeah like <laughs> oh man you're about to catch a photon blast like or she's just gonna throw you through a wall but um like I I think she would look the part excellently and she could definitely pull off the physical aspect of it. But like with Captain Marvel, they're doing a whole movie and they're going to need a leading actor. And Rousey is not a leading actor. I think if you get a strong enough director and give her enough lead time, maybe I'll say that. However, I watched Expendables three this weekend. Mm -hmm. Did you watch that? Yeah, I saw Expendables three. Yeah. She was terrible in that movie. Like she was okay, but it's like her line delivery was so wonky and flat, Mm -hmm. which Side note, Spindles 3 was the best of the three movies so far. Like, it was actually the best one. Yeah. Mel Gibson was a like awesome. I in agree. That. Mel yeah. Gibson was great in that. He was better than Van Damme in the second one. Yeah, which was unfortunate because, like, Van Damme was, he knew he was a villain, played Villan, I think was his name <laughs> in that movie. And it's like the Spindles movies, and this is like damning it with faint praise got better as it went along. Yeah. Like, the third one was actually... Banderas, I loved Antonio He was Banderas really fun in that, in that yeah. right? Like, I I just I was like, I'm just going to watch it, whatever, it's on Netflix. Yeah. And it was actually a better movie, but, like, I know um, Rousey was in that. It was originally supposed to be um, Jovovich was supposed to be that part. And oh, then she okay. stepped out. So it's like, she was, like... Well, Rousey, Rousey was okay. Rousey was also in uh, Fast 7, from what I understand. I didn't see that. Though. I didn't see that either. But she was in that. But she doesn't have the acting chops. Otherwise, I would be fine with her. She or definitely... Charisma. She definitely, yeah, she does lack a little bit of charisma. So, I mean, otherwise, I think she does have a good look from Captain Marvel. So, we'll see. I don't think it's going to happen, but I know a lot of people are like gunning for her. So, oh yeah, there's people yeah. that have gunned for uh, her. Uh, and what was that? Gina Carano is that the other one that was like the other big um, Ultimate well, Fighter? Like, yeah, she's been well, a couple she's, movies. She's in Deadpool. Is she in Deadpool? Remember okay. in the trailer when he's like, you, you left me with less angry Rosie O'Donnell? That's Gina Carrara. Oh, I didn't realize that. Because yeah. I know she was in that Steven Soderbergh movie, Haywire, which I guess was supposed to be like, she was really good in the action sequences, but not so much in like the dialogue delivery. Yeah, I watched part of Haywire. It was she. It's, it is exactly what you say. She, like when the action kicks in, you're like, wow, she's a good action star. But then like any of the acting parts, no. you're just kind of like, I'm not sold on this. Well, I mean, do you think it could be like script and director that could carry elevate some of these people that may not be so not that much and okay. not for a marvel movie like, i mean captain marvel is kind of well it, it's like you need to do that right because mm-hmm. if you don't do that right then you're kind of wiping out the goodwill of guardians of the galaxy right like by a far margin hopefully know, they so. stick to the kree origins and the tie-in with her in the air force and stuff yeah so, so. Um, but anyway, I just thought I would I'd drop that bomb on Joe, <laughs> but Joe already knew about that bomb. So, oh, yeah. Uh, last bit of news. And look at that. We've taken news longer again. We got ex- You guys need to appreciate news. We got it. We got it. Yeah. News turns into not news. It turns into a little bit of news and then we just talk about news. Yeah. So last bit of news. Uh, let's stick with D23. Oh, I was going to talk about the SummerSlam bit. So but oh, you want to drop that. That's what's your last bit of D23? Well, I was just going to bring up the Pixar sequels because Pixar oh, decided crap. to drop a ton of sequels. We went 27 minutes. Without talking about Pixar, yeah, that's a big deal. Well, because so. with Pixar, well, Pixar, just to sum it up real quick, because it was just posters, yeah, you know, which I don't, I don't care. It's like if that's how you're announcing things, I guess it's okay. But give us a little bit more than just showing us a poster. Yeah. So we've know. got uh, 
Finding Dory, which is a sequel to Finding which Nemo. Which we've known about, yeah. Yeah, we've known about. Uh, Cars 3, which we didn't really know about, but... Considering how much money that series series has made for Disney and Pixar, yeah. it was going to happen. Yeah. Toy Story 4, which I'm not too surprised about, but I wish they would have left it at a trilogy because Toy Story is is probably one of I don't not not to me. I, I it's a good movie, but it's one of the highest rated animated movies ever. The first one like okay, so the first second one are good. Third one's really good too. I really really despise that that movie was basically like Toy Story 3. We're going to make you cry a lot and we're going to make you cry more. And by the way, we're going to make you cry well, after I think, that. I think Pixar is that's basically Pixar nowadays. Yeah, but I mean at least like with Wally and Up it's like they were different. Up was like, sad as hell. Like the first 20 minutes of Up had me ball my eyes out. Yeah, and then the middle I part, I was laughing so hard. And then the last part yeah. was like, it was good. But up, up, up was so I sad know, at the start. I know a lot of people that um, uh, hide up, uh, hold Up in high regards. And I'm not a big Up fan. Really? Why? I didn't like the opening to it. And then like oh. the whole adventure, like... Just a cranky old man, and like there were parts I like. I thought the dogs were funny and stuff. But Doug like, and then Kevin the bird. The Kevin the bird, yeah. <laughs> Kevin's a girl. You didn't yeah. like that? Okay, so, I know I love up a great deal. What about Wally? Did you like Wally? I love Wally. Okay, Wally's like probably one of my favorite Pixar movies. Yeah, it's just Toy Story four. It's going to happen. I mean, but Toy Story three felt like such a built in. Like we're going to just take the emotions and rip it out of yep. you and drag it all over the theater. You know, like, which which is weird because Monsters University didn't have any emotion to it really whatsoever. Like, no, I, I didn't really care for that movie. What like, I like, I enjoyed it enough as like a prequel. Okay. Yeah. Like, I thought it was cool to see where they came from and see the university. Yeah, but like, it, it didn't have as much as it, uh, I just didn't give a shit about that movie while watching it. Uh, like, uh, but whatever. So, and then the last one, of course, The Incredibles two. That's what I'm really excited about. <laughs> we're really excited about Incredibles two. So. Like, are they going to fight the Underminer? Who knows? Well, guess we'll find out. I don't know. But Incredibles, it's like even though if you look at like the, the gross for the movies, The Incredibles has been really low compared to like you know like it Toy picked Story up a huge amount of cars. steam after though. Yeah, like I feel like people that came out and that kind of like helped. That was right around the cusp of Spider Man when Spider Man started to make superhero movies. Really, Spider Man really cool. Two came out around the same time as Incredibles. Yeah, and that was a good summer. I think that was came out the same summer. Yeah, and I yeah. think people started to be like, it was like the uh, it was the beginning of the superhero era, like how we have the Avengers and, and stuff like that now. Like people saw the Incredibles Two and they were like, or not the Incredibles, Incredibles as well. <laughs> yeah, as the Incredibles is uh, along with Spider Man, and then that started to gain steam. And after those movies came out, Hollywood started to kind of like give it more push. And then I think when Incredibles came out on DVD, that's when it really got it. So my question for you is two questions: one, mm-hmm. Incredibles, better Fantastic Four movie than Fantastic Four? Oh uh, yeah. Okay, Incredibles, better Watchmen movie than The Watchmen? No. Really? No. I, I thought think, I, I almost I, think it's a better Watchmen movie s- than Watchmen. I know some people hate. What Schneider did to the Watchmen, and I know some people have no problem with it. Snyder, Snyder's Watchmen is two thirds of an amazing movie. Like it's, which that will tie into something we're talking about yeah, later. We'll talk actually. about that. Yeah. Later. But yeah, Watchmen. No, I think Watchmen movie is is pretty damn close to the book. And it's I'm good. Happy with it's it. good. But I just feel like The Incredibles kind of like yeah. I, I when I watched it at the time because Watchmen had not come out yet, I was like, this is probably the closest we're going to get to Watchmen. Thankfully, I was wrong, but it really felt close to that. Yeah. So, right. anyway, so last bit of news, real quick. We'll just we'll just we'll just graze over this real quick. 
uh, SummerSlam, wrestling, you know, the wrestling that's wrestling. happening this weekend. WWE. Um, two big things to talk about. One, Stephen Amell. Uh, Amel, Amel, how do you, uh, Amel? I don't know. A-M-E-L-L. Stephen Arrow, man. The, um, Oliver Queen versus Oliver Queen. Stardust. Yeah, which, is he going by Stardust or is he going by a different name right now? I don't know. He's going like, by Stardust, but that's uh, Dusty Rhodes' son. Yeah. So basically the whole thing is Stardust is being a villain and the Arrow is being a hero. A guy who's part of the Arrow series, which I highly recommend. You need to watch that, which is weird because recently Hulu, I've been catching up with season three, went from like episode eight to episode 13. I'm like, what was so bad about those other episodes? Why didn't you upload them? It made me really mad. They do weird things about yeah. their licensing with upload. You but gotta, The Flash has been it. like sequential. I don't know why oh, that Arrow has know. been like out of sequence. But good show. Check it out. And the fact that like um, Stephen Arrowman has been all about like wrestling and he's going to actually throw down. I'm really excited for that. What I'm also excited about is that John Stewart, who I um, burned a small candle for last week and um, listened to the Sarah McLaughlin song because he had left the daily show is going to be, he's going to be hosting um, SummerSlam. I don't know in what regard. I know recently he had a whole like feud with um, Roman Reigns, not Roman Reigns. um, The other guy, uh, Seth, Seth, uh, Seth Rollins, Seth Rollins. He had a whole big thing where he, he talked, crap to him on the show and then he went out to the wrestling and then he kicked uh, Seth Rollins between the legs and whatever. It's like this whole big thing. It's a big wrestling spat and yeah. it's like kind of funny and tongue in cheek but I guess Stewart's a big like pro wrestling fan. He's coming He's coming back to SummerSlam and I hope he just shows up in a shirt and tie just like the Daily Show and just like does the same thing. That'd I just be great. really, really hope. I, I'm excited to watch it even more now. Like It's going to be four hours long. It's going to be a long one. They're tying this. SummerSlam's supposed to be uh, one of its main pay-per-view events, like WrestleMania and the Rumble. Are you able to watch it on Sunday? Yeah, I'm going over to my one buddy's house to watch okay, it. Okay, because yeah. I'm going over to another friend's house to watch yeah. it as well. So I'm sure we'll text back and forth and then we'll report back. Uh, I have my, yeah, I've got my wrestling crew. I mean, <laughs> Your wrestling crew? Yeah. You have your six-man tag six team? Six-man tag team. We get pretty crazy and laugh and have a good time. <laughs> good, because I'm, I'm also going to hang out with some people that I just like yelling at his TV the entire time. It's a good time. Oh, yeah. It's fun. So enough about that. Um, we should move on to this right now. And now for our feature presentation. <laughs> Is this our feature presentation? Or some more news? I don't know. Guess what? There's going to be more news coming. Oh, okay. Uh, feature present. I guess feature presentation. The best way to sum it up is small press comics. And like Paul and I, we were kind of like you know over the weekend. It was like, man, what are we going to talk about this week? And um, I was like, well, let's let's talk a little. We always talk about comics and we've been talking about a lot or i'm sorry video games and we've been talking about a lot of movies i'm like let's let's go to the comic let's, wheel let's wow. talk about some small press go and, ahead and, yeah talk. i told you before i didn't want you to read this crap i never saw such rotten crap in my life where do you get this shit who sells it to you all right I, I, so that's I, from creep show if you don't which know. is also kind of referencing like a pulp comic yeah. like uh tales from the crypt like small press yeah right kind of if you've so. ever seen creep show that's like kind of was it the intro yeah it's the beginning with he, um he throws oh, away the comic for the kid had shoot the the guy who like, why uh, are you reading this who yells at him and i i've i've met that guy his name is escaping me right now oh. it's terrible but i was telling joe that like i think maybe we should really frame this with um this whole time, this summer, which maybe I think maybe like a week or two, we should like stop and take a look back at like the summer that was with all the movies that have been going on and kind of like rank them and talk about like what we liked, what we didn't like. Yeah. Um, but there's been a lot of big spectacle comic book movies, right? Right. So, and that's been like kind of the trend the past couple of years. So what we should do though is kind of reference like where a lot of 
what we like about these movies is kind of coming from like the early to mid nineties um, storylines. Right. So a lot of that is from Marvel and DC. They, they hit their Zenith in terms of like sales and popularity in the early nineties at the beginning of the show. When I made the joke about die cut covers and gatefold covers, comics were all about like, you should buy this foil cover. You should buy this one cover has a hologram on it. They weren't so much about the stories, but they're all about like, if you buy this, this comic in a bag, that's all about the death of Superman, but you don't open the bag. It could be worth money. Did you, do you have any death of Superman? Yeah, I, I had a bagged death of Superman and I had a bagged, um, nightfall nightfall, which um, was the, the Batman, like being, being rid of story with right. uh, Bane breaking his back. I, I lost a lot of my comics, uh, a few years ago. Um, and then, um, I started recollecting. The only bagged thing I have now is I have the last issue of Age of Ultron, okay, which um, ushers in Angela into the Marvel universe. Which that ties into small press. Yeah, we'll talk about it in small like press. Second, I think that'd be interesting. Um, so getting into small press, uh, basically what small press is, if you don't know, if you read comics, if you don't, small press is not DC or Marvel. Marvel and DC are considered the the big dogs, and. I, if you look up um, like whatever the profit share of comic book companies are, I think Marvel controls about forty percent, and DC is about thirty four, ish, and then and then you've got your your next your all the little underdogs, and I think uh, Image Comics, which is uh, probably one of the biggest ones, that comes in at eleven. Then you've got like IDW and Dark Horse Comics, and then a couple other guys, and they just trickle in at the lower percentages. But, but like the genesis of like Image and, and everything else, I mentioned the gatefolds, I mentioned the foil covers, I mentioned the holograms. Um, in the early to mid 90s, like Marvel and DC were, they had big events. Like you had Infinity Gauntlet, you had like some big things that happened, right? Death Superman, Nightfall with Batman. Um, so you had these big events, but they also had these weird covers that made you want to go out and buy multiple copies of it. And they were really pushing copy count versus like actual quality books. Yeah. And there was a point there where, um, if you were a small time artist or not small time, as in like you, you were working independently of these big two, you weren't getting your work out. Like it, there was some small avenues, but they weren't like as well known. And, and what Joe wanted to bring up to me, and this is a good point is like the birth of, um, like the major independent push that happened in the early nineties because the people behind well, Marvel and DC were not happy. Yeah, and Image Comics is is a is a giant spawning point for this. Like I, I talked to Paul about this before, and I re- used the reference. They're the ones who started the fire to break away from DC and Marvel, and then they were the ones that came out of the ashes, like Phoenix from it with Image, because they were artists and writers that wanted creative control over their properties because. These companies um, would basically hire them on for a fee, and it was like a contractor's fee. Like, you you know, Todd McFarlane, you're going to draw Spider-Man, and you're going to do this, and you're going to come up with stuff, and we're going to pay you this amount of money, and whatever you do is, is, is ours, basically. Yeah. So... And a lot of them were getting upset because, like, McFarlane would, would come up with, like, Venom. And then um, Venom would become, like, a huge hit. And then they would just, like, they're going to, like, produce all this Venom stuff. And, and, and then, like, they're going to use them on, on T-shirts or lunchboxes or whatever. And then, like, L- Rob Liefeld was working on X-Force. He created Deadpool, Domino, Cable. Cable, all these characters. And then they become these huge characters in the X-Men universe. And then they're just like, well, here, Rob Liefeld, you're getting the same check 
had you not created these characters. But these new characters are a hit, and we're going to make con- or we're going to make action and as figures. As per your contract, they're also all owned by Marvel. Ours, and that's it. So they're making action figures with Cable and Domino and Shatterstar and and Rob Liefeld's just sitting there like I'm getting the same amount of money. He's like, well, Shatterstar was okay, I guess. <laughs> Like you just mentioned, like Cable and Deadpool, everyone knows them. So, Shatterstar, not so much. Basically, and it, they basically these guys leave Marvel boom, Comics. Boom. boom! I remember Boom Boom with the yeah. bubble, bubble, yeah, and Cannonball and Cannonball. Yeah. Anyway, um, sorry. But uh, these guys leave Marvel Comics and to form Image Comics, which Image Comics was like an umbrella for these guys. You had Todd McFarlane, uh, Jim Lee, uh, Rob Liefeld, Mark Silveresti, uh, Eric Larson, Jim Valentino. Uh, Wal- Walishi, Port- I can't remember, Port- yeah. Portrachanio, and then Chris Claremont. And Chris Claremont, Chris Claremont was like the backbone for X-Men for years. He, Chris Claremont really kind of sealed the deal. And they call it an exodus because like everybody, I think except for Larson, Valentino, and uh, uh, McFarlane, were all working on X-Men properties. Exodus. Exodus. So, <laughs> 92, they jumped ship, they made an Image Comics, um, and then like what had ended up happening is they had their own separate uh, production studios. And what what they would do is they had this uh, publisher, Malibu Comics, that would actually print and publish their Image Comics for them. But it was under Image's umbrella. Yeah, so Image was a name. So basically, okay, think about like Marvel and DC where you have those, those, those names for the companies, right? But you'd have like Spider-Man, like meet up with Fantastic Four or X-Men. And that was all a big connected thing. Image was just a same similar name where they all owned their own individual properties. So if like Todd McFarlane's Spawn, um, like if, if he was ever to cross over with another book, McFarlane had to speak to that creator and be like, we should do a crossover. This wasn't something that was all creator. It wasn't right. owned by the image universe. There was no image, image universe. Yeah, the company as image did not have a say in it. The creator did. And Spawn is the longest running image property. It still is going on. Yeah. It still is going on. So McFarlane's got that going for him and a few other things. But like Jim Jim Lee did Wildstorm. Um, Eric Larson did Highbrow. Um, and the Savage Dragon. The Savage right? Dragon. Yeah. And then um, uh, Top Cow production was Mark uh, Silveresti. Uh, he and Top Cow is probably one of the bigger ones that that have come in, that has come out other than McFarlane. What was his Batman kind of knockoff? Uh, shoot, what was the guy's name? It was Sylvester that did that, um, but it was also like the first superhero to have like AIDS. Do you remember that it was like in the nineties? That was like a oh. big thing. It was like Night something. Um, you know, Night, what I'm Nighthawk. About? Nighthawk. That yeah, was it. it was Nighthawk. It was like a superhero, but he actually had like yeah. a fatal disease at the time. It was like it was a big deal in comics to actually have someone like. Like, I don't know. It was, it was interesting that, that this person had power but was also dying. It was a big deal. Yeah. So. And then, you know, Liefeld, he had Extreme Studios, and they, and they did a lot. Or no, I'm sorry. It was, Shadow, was it no Shadowhawk? No, it wasn't Nighthawk. He had Youngblood was his big group book. I know he did that. Shadowhawk. Was it like, so Jim Lee did Wildcats, right? Do you remember Wildcats? Jim Lee did Wildcats. Um, Liefeld um, did Youngblood. Yeah, Youngblood was a team book that had. Uh, I was a big Wildcats fan. Yeah, Youngblood wasn't good. <laughs> no, I didn't like Youngblood Liefeld is an okay artist. He's gotten better over time. Yeah. So, Liefeld, if you're listening, you've gotten way better over time. I was a big... You could draw feet now, so uh, we appreciate that. Wildcat, like, out of Image when in the 90s, I read Spawn, Gen 13, and Wildcats. Oh, Gen 13. Who did that? I remember that. That was a big deal. Uh, it, was, it was from that uh, Top Cow. Okay. No, no, no. It was from Wildstorm Productions. Yeah. So, it was Jim Lee's... 
it was kind of Jim Lee's uh, wheelhouse. Like it was his production company with Wildstorm, but I think J. Scott Campbell did Gen Thirteen. Yeah, who he moved on to do. Um, oh, was that? Um, no, that was Michael Turner that did. Uh, J. Scott Campbell yeah. did uh, Witchblade. Witchblade, that's right. Yeah. I was thinking of uh, Fathom. Which is he did guy. Fathom too. Okay. He, yeah. he drew Fathom. J. Scott Campbell draws ridiculously. Like is he still around? Because there's the guy who created Fathom that passed away, right? He, no, J. Scott Campbell's still around. He does a lot of uh, alternate covers that I've seen. But lately. J. Scott Campbell was like known for like like the manic pixie dream girl. Like he did a lot yeah, of like, like crazy girl figures. Yeah, like, there, his his, thing, right? his female girl figure is like really kind of like like I don't know how to describe it. It's very curvy, pin uppy, like yeah, crazy. So. so I know we're getting all over the place, but anyway. So the whole point yeah. was. Um, so Marvel and DC had like creative control where it was like, you guys make these guys, they're going to stay in our universe. You have no control over it. So at the time, whenever McFarlane stepped away from Marvel, McFarlane had actually finally got a Spider-Man title, which it went for like 13 issues before he stepped away. Yeah, and he got you, Amazing Spider-Man. Did you read, um, it was actually just called Spider-Man. Did you read his Oh, stuff? yeah. No, I didn't read his Spider-Man title. I have a, actually have a collected a lot of those. Because of that iconic cover that he did. Which I had. And this is my regret. I actually had the entire McFarlane run on like, just Spider-Man. It wasn't amazing. wasn't sensational. It was just called Spider-Man. And like the first four issues was an arc called Torment that actually was him and Craven the Hunter that was dark as all get out. And then you went on to like the Hobgoblin. Just, like, it was all dark yeah. Spider-Man stories, which is amazing. Like, not amazing, but... You see how he went to Spawn shortly thereafter. You could see the Spawn influence. Do you know who took over after him, after he stepped away? Huh. Eric Larson, for like a minute. And then he stepped away also. Yeah, Larson, yeah Larson did work yeah. on Spider-Man, yeah. too. I know that. So, so. But yeah, so it was just like he actually got a Spider-Man series that he really, really, really wanted. And was like, I'm going to go do Spawn. Which, it, Spawn, up until, I don't know, I'd say like late 90s early 2000s was like probably the best comic book movie i had yeah well not even the movie but like i had i was a big spawn fan too like i had spawn issue one through God, everyone had issue like, one well no no one <laughs> i had like one like straight on like one through 70 something yeah and then somehow i just kind of fell off with spawn but um like after about a year they left they, they finally got on their own two feet and left malibu comics unfortunately a lot of uh, problems kind of like happened because these guys were all creative artists. They weren't really businessmen. So image started to get a little rocky because they started to kind of like have their, you know, inner fights about stuff and whatnot. I know there were a lot of issues with life field wanting to do things in creative, not creative control so much, but he wanted more push for his production. Yeah, he's like, I want bigger pecs than everybody. Yeah. He's like, I need a budget for belts. He's like, I need belts. I he's need, like, I need belts on belts on belts. Yeah. He'd sit down and, but no, like they, they had a, they had a few issues with life field and, and then eventually I think, I can't remember what year it happened in, but somewhere down the road, like Jim Lee just was finally like, here, I'm going to sell wild storm to DC. And he just was like done with it. Well, you know what? That's, that's fine. Like, I mean, if you look at like the history of like creative mediums, like, there has been situations in which like uh, musicians have broke off and done their own thing and then they've had success but then realized we don't know the other side of things and all we want to do is make music. So they end up like coming back to the fold. And I'm not saying the image still doesn't exist because it does. Mm -hmm. image, image is like um, not the testing ground, but as like a, a well-known distributor, 
they will take chances on things and be like, yeah. sure, you can have our name. Like, um, well, like, that's because yeah. they still do the thing with the production company. Like, at, like, like 2000s, like, Image started to drip down, like, at the beginning of 2000, and, like, IDW, who we'll talk about, and Dark Horse, we'll talk about, they kind of, like, kicked them a little bit out of the third place ranking, and it was always kind of a scuffle for that. Not until about, like, 2010, 2000, I think I want to say 2009, 2010, they picked up Skybound Publications, which, if you know, that's Robert Kirkman. So Robert Kirkman, Kirk, uh, Kirkman came to him in about 2010 and with Skybound, and he had Invincible, which was already kind of like a, a, a fairly... That's, that's really popular. I, there was a, that. I heard that's good. Yeah, it yeah. is good. But it, it already had its running start with a, the, a fresh original superhero idea, and it was a superhero family. It wasn't yeah. like Fantastic Four. It was a guy with like a 70s porn stash and his son who was just coming of age getting his superpowers. And it was like that story. And it gets a little dark towards the end. But like they brought that on with Skybound Entertainment. And then like a couple years later, or I think like that year, it was like Kirkman's like, well, I want to do a black and white version of a zombie tale. Of a comic, and, yeah. and then you have Walking Dead, yeah. and then Walking Dead and Invincible basically helped bolster Image back up. Yeah, well, and like, um, like Image, uh, I don't know, like they they do a lot of different things. Like I, I've recently been reading um, uh, Little Depressed Boy, which is like kind of um, it's like a rock and roll, not even rock. It's like more like a music like take on comics where it's a guy wandering through life. It reminds me of like. Uh, like a Cameron Crowe type film or like a Douglas Copeland novel where it's a guy just trying to find his place in life. But it's like a, like an actual like anamorphic sack boy that's trying to find love and it's all about music. Like Image will take chances on this because it's different because they're not beholden to the same um, like expectation as like Marvel and DC where you got to bring the cow and, and, and tights and cape and have fights. Well, even Marvel and DC, they tried to compete with uh, the... I guess you could say a small press and kind of, I don't want to say undermine them or knock them out, but they had their smaller press, like the we'll try you out type publishing. They had a vertigo, which is still We're going still pretty running, strong yeah. for like DC. Preacher was a vertigo title, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was. And that's coming to Showtime as a TV series that Seth um, Rogen is behind. Okay. And yeah. then um, Marvel had icon. That was our icon. And I think the best thing that I can think of that came out of icon was kick ass. Yeah. The Millar did. Yeah, so you so. got the the kick ass movie is actually a Marvel movie if you think about it. Yeah, and then also I know like with Vertigo at DC, like they've done um Sandman, which is also becoming a movie now that uh Joseph Gordon Levitt's like like backing. Um Vertigo, I wanna say that was um Ex Machina is also on Vertigo. Like that's the the Brian K. Vaughn I know series. It is, well isn't Why the Last Man on is it Vertigo? I think it's, it's Vertigo. one of the, it's one of those two. Like he's done he's done one for Vertigo and one for like Dark Horse, yeah. I, if I remember right. But anyway, so like they have realized that like you got to give the the creators a little bit of, like you got to give them some control because if not they're just going to wander away. And if they're writing good stuff, that means they're writing good stuff not for you. Yeah. And I think that they've kind of finally opened that up a little bit and also made it more accessible for these writers that have written these independent books to come back and feel confident that they can write things without having the rug pulled out from under them, which is a win-win for everybody who reads comics and also that are interested in that media developing. Well, before you had Image, you, you did have like IDW and Dark Horse Comics, which I know Dark Horse, I, I don't know off the top of my head when IDW was formed. Dark Horse was formed in the mid-'80s. Um, and the properties they kind of relied on were, um, you know, some, and, and this wasn't in the eighties, this is over the course of time, dark horse, you know, they didn't use 
I don't want to say original pro- properties as much as like Image was famous for because Image yeah. really pretty much does Image's own stuff. But like Dark Horse, less so than IDW because IDW does a lot of properties that are not strictly comics. But Dark Horse had you know your Alien and your Predators. And I want to think that they had a Terminator for a bit, too. They had Terminator yeah. for a bit. They also did uh, Josh Whedon, uh, after he got done with his run on Buffy, they did Buffy for yeah. Dark Horse. They do, like, all the extra seasons of Buffy, right? Yep. Yeah. And then, um, like, I'm reading right now, I'm reading Fight Club, which Chuck Palahniuk is actually writing. Uh, that's on Dark Horse. And um, the prequel uh, comics to Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah, which I know you had me read the first one, and that wasn't bad. Like it was interesting. That was the, was that the one with Max before the Thunderdome. At he Gastown? goes back to Thunderdome to get or, his V eight. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't Gastown? Was it Gastown? I think it was Gastown. Everything is like something something town. Yeah, it's like but, Gastown, Food Town, Spam Town. I don't know. It was something there. But that was yeah. your small press comics compared to Marvel and DC with their own original characters. Dark Horse had um, Hellboy, yeah. which is their own original character, um, which most of you know turned into two movies. Um, they also had Sin City, which Frank they had Sin City and Three Hundred, which Frank yes. Miller did for him on, and those of course turned into movies. They also had The Goon, um, which is another park popular Dark Horse series. Yeah, which they had toyed around making a movie. But did you ever see the concept like film for that? Mm-mm. There was like like a ten minute like co- proof of concept they did for The Goon. It was awesome, and it just never went anywhere. You should check that out. Um, but yeah, like, um, yeah, you're talking about like, small press and like things like you mentioned The Walking Dead. Everyone knows about that now. I was going to mention um, Fables. Um, Fables is uh, Vertigo. Yes. Yeah. Well, okay, so I guess it's DC related, but right. If, but still, if, if, you've, if anybody's played like Telltale Games, has done a Walking Dead game. They've done three of them that are really good, um, but they've also done a Fables game called The Wolf Among Us that is um, phenomenal. That's a prequel to the Fable series, which is all about like what if you took like the grim fairy tales and had all of them in the modern day, but they're living in like a small, like secluded area of New York. And they have to function still. And I think it's interesting because a lot of people were all about that game, but didn't realize it was a comic series. I really enjoyed that game. And that made me want to go after um, the... Uh, um, the actual books, the Fables yeah. books. Yeah. And then like another one Dark Horse does that's gained a lot of steam lately, and I think they're trying to work it into a TV show or a movie, is Umbrella Academy. Are you familiar with Umbrella Academy? That's the one I was telling you about. That the the there was a lead singer of a band that wrote that. I can't remember the dude's name, but he it was some like emo band that it was like I'm going to write a comic, and it became kind of popular. Uh, um, yeah, like so it was interesting. They gave him a shot, and it became like a thing. Yeah, and and it's it's an interesting concept. It's ba- it's kind of I don't know how to explain it. It's like like goth X Men. Yeah, it's definitely Goth <laughs> X-Men. It's in an alternate timeline where like, like JFK never gets killed. And then it sets these things of like in um series of events in motion where uh like some people get born with superpowers and then they're basically there to stop some type of apocalypse that's inevitable, but then they're sent into this thing to be trained about their powers. So it is kind of like a Goth X-Men. So I'm I'm my challenge to you, Joe, is that we talk about independent press and small things and, and things that are popular. Do you remember New Universe for Marvel in the 80s? No. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. Marvel tried to like say, hey, we have all this continuity for like, like 20, 25 years. Uh-huh. And they went off and tried doing like a separate thing called New Universe. You don't have any idea what I'm talking about. Mm. My challenge to you is to find something called Strike Force Matari. Okay. It's a really... It, it, it's a really cool series where like their tagline is 
for those who are about to die. And it's this whole idea that this alien invasion is coming to Earth and they have no way to fight it. So some guy came up with this process that puts like a new metabolism in a person that gives them powers. But the thing is going to eventually overpower them in about a year. It's going to destroy them. Okay. So these people are basically signing up for powers for a year. And they don't know what the powers are going to be because everybody's different. Like someone could be super strong, but someone could also cause flowers to bloom. You don't know what you're going to get. <laughs> and it's like this whole thing is they're supposed to fight these aliens. And it was a really cool idea. It was very different for the time. My challenge to you, Joe, is to find Strike Force Matari. I want to see this become a movie. That's been like, right. my goal for years. Like, it sounds I, like, it sounds interesting. It was really neat because it's like you get attached to a character. You're like, I don't think they're going to make it because <laughs> they're only going to be around for a year. Um, um, but yeah, that's it. And then IDW, IDW doesn't really. The only really big property IDW has is Thirty Days a Night that I can think of. Yeah, that wasn't a good movie. Uh, well, yeah, they made a movie out of it, but the comic series of the vampires was pretty, pretty, pretty interesting. Did you ours. read the original, like, like the, the original, like graphic novel that I didn't became read the movie? Thirty Days a Night. No. It was okay, like, but the movie was okay. Like, I hopefully it's gotten better. Like, the movie did a good job of translating the book. I just felt like the book was kind of, kind of lacking. But yeah, at least it's out there. They, they also do. Like uh, they do a lot of comics of things that everybody already kind of loves. Like they do GI Joe, they do um, Doctor Who, uh, they do Star Trek comics, uh, they do uh, Transformers, uh, Ghostbusters, Godzilla. Um, they do video games like Dragon Age. Uh, they even picked up some t- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from Mirage Publishing. Did you see that Godzilla in Hell series that's come out recently? No. It's supposed to be Godzilla literally in Hell, but there's no words. And I always wonder if it was just him running around destroying buildings that keep reforming. He's just <laughs> mad about it. He's like, no, his own He's personal just, hell. Yeah, it's just him breaking buildings, and there's just a bunch of large, um, you know, Japanese people with cameras taking photos of him. He's, He's just angry. Stop. He's like, no, Stop. no, no. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but no. Yeah. But I was thinking, like, like I guess we got to reference like small press that is that have made it. You mentioned 300. I'm going to mention Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. Um, uh, the Losers, which was also a movie that was also based that on was a comic. A com- that was, was based on a yeah. comic. Uh, History of Violence was also one that was based on a comic. That was. Uh, that was so, a Vertigo 2 one, I think. Yeah, I think so. So it's like, I guess what it comes down to is we're in the, like, in the very last in the summer. Um, there is quality books out there that have become series that you know and love, but you may not realize it's a comic. Like, check it out. Do you have yeah. any recommendations? For comics to yeah, check out? That are small um, press. Personally, uh... Hack Slash, which is done by, uh, I think it's Devil Driver Publishing. Devil, how do you say it? I have it written down here. Devil's Due Publishing, sorry. Uh, Devil Driver, it's a band. Uh, <laughs> like, Drive Shaft yeah. is the band from De- Lost. Devil Driver makes publishes comics, too. Uh, no. um, Devil's Due Publishing does uh, Hack Slash, and then Image is also a spinoff of that, so I guess Image has published some Hack Slash. But Hack Slash is the story of a girl who basically hunts uh, um, horror movie slashers. So you take all these ridiculous characters, and they're not... They they did, they have done crossovers with actual movie horror slashers. Like, I think they did one with the reanimator, and I can't remember if they did one with Freddy or not. Hmm. But they're, they're original horror slashers. Like, I know there was, um, there was a guy that got killed, and he was able to reanimate... Uh, toys like in a toy store, and then oh. they would send the toys to go kill them. You mean like and, a puppet master, or I should tell Mary Doll Master? Yeah, so she gets mad at me. And I know like the girl, her name's Cassie Hack. Oh. That's why it's called Hack Slash. 
And she goes around in a van with this guy named Vlad. And Vlad is a very interesting character. I don't know how to explain him. He's almost like, like originally when they met, she's his, he's her sidekick. He's kind of like the muscle. Okay. Like he's a very kind of um, simple character, but he's pretty much like he's a slasher himself kind of, but he's not a bad guy, I guess. You could, I don't hmm. know. But they go around in this van and they basically look for slashers and try to save people and take these slashers out any way they can. It's very, um, trying to think what it, what, uh, it's supernaturalist in like the show okay. in a way, but like they basically hunt down and she's, she's always wearing some like ridiculously skimpy goth outfit and she has a baseball bat <laughs> and it's like, she has no real superpowers, but she manages to stop these supernatural predators who would kill people in 80 slasher flicks. It's it's funny and and it's really interesting to see some of the characters they come up with. Like I know, like in her backstory, her mom was a slasher. She was the lunch lady. Like she got she like she was cooking some soup at, as the lunch lady at the school, and somehow she got like the vat of soup poured on her, so she's all burned like Freddy. <laughs> and then she tries to get revenge on the kids. But it, it's it's an interesting comic, and I can't remember how I got turned onto it. But I was just like I I have a couple of the trades, and it's it's a pretty cool series. Uh, that sounds interesting. Okay, so what what recommendation do you have? I'm curious. Um, I well, I guess what it comes down to is like I, I always there's a couple that I go to. I'm going to mention um, uh, Rising Stars, which is a Top Cow book yep. that I've just handed Joe the entire series of. It's like 24 issues. J. Michael, J. Michael Straczynski, who is now known for writing a lot of Marvel, he was also the screenwriter for the Thor movie. Um, it was his Thor st- story that kind of provided the background for Thor being on Earth that kind of gave it that backbone for the mo- like the Marvel movie. But he wrote the screenplay for that. He wrote Babylon 5. The guy is like a big... He wrote a lot of Star Trek stuff too. But he first got his feet wet in comics because no one would give him a chance because he was like a TV sci-fi writer. He wrote the series called Rising Stars, which is all about like... Uh, I can't remember the exact number. It's like 20, 30 kids that were all born um, after a comet passed over um, or a meteor passed over this town in New Jersey and they were all born with powers and they didn't know each one of them had powers and they were all kind of kept together. And it was like the first time in the world in which something like this has happened. So it was like this age of heroes Mm -hmm. and they also knew that no one else would ever be like this. Mm. So as they grew up, like the world adjusted to them and then the whole thing is like someone's killing them off one by one. So who is doing it? What's going on? Really cool book. I read it before Watchmen, so I thought it was kind of revolutionary. Then I read Watchmen. I'm like, oh, this is his version of Watchmen. But it's really good. Yeah. So please read that. that okay. That's my recommendation. Um, if you want a few more recommendations, these are just based on like what's popular with Image. Uh, Chew, which uh, came out in 2009, is about a FDA agent who is able to eat food or even parts of people, and he gets a psychic connection to it to solve crimes. Kind of like that iZombie show. That's, that's the right first now. thing that yeah. popped into my head, except for I guess he can do it with food and things like that. So oh. if somebody was cooking something, he can eat it. And That's bizarre. And the main character is Asian, Asian and his last name is Chu as well, So, which is kind of funny. Kind of uh, spot on. There's another one that's really popular called Morning Glories, uh, which is a... The way the premise of it is, it's about a bunch of kids who go to like a like a board, not a boarding school, but like some type of private uh, hierarchy school. But there's a lot of like weird, sinister occult stuff going on and supernatural stuff. It's not the the premise of it. It sounded like was like a like a show you'd see on the CW. Like <laughs> I don't know, but um, then uh, Fatal, 
which is a noir story by uh, Ed Brubaker, which okay. I, I've been told to check out. And He was a big Daredevil writer. Uh, yeah, Brubaker. He also did Captain America. He's the one who created oh, yeah, the yeah, Winter no, Soldier. Yeah, he was a big, uh, yeah, yeah, iconic, um, yeah. But it's set in the 30s forward on, and it's about a woman uh, primarily who's, I, I guess, immortal. And she has some weird powers, but there's always some weird death and noir that surrounds her. Hmm. Uh, and the last one is Manhattan Projects, which is an alternate history timeline where um, during World War II, there were many other science fiction projects like the Manhattan Project that were going on. Interesting. So. I'm also going to throw out there, um, it's a series called Elephant Men. Cause I remember who writes it for life of me. It was, I think it was the image uh, title where the whole idea is that there's just like this, um, it's like this uh, company that is basically out for profit and they develop like these um, super soldiers, but they use uh, animal DNA as opposed to like human DNA. So there's a lot of people like, there's a lot of these things that are born that are like hybrids between elephants and men, rhinos and men, cheetah and men, like, but they're all called elephant men just for like, it's kind of a broad term. Um, and it was this whole idea that like they were raised to fight war, but then whenever people stepped in and said, Hey, you're free now, the, these things are kind of existing in society. So it's like this whole idea of like the separate class that they're stronger and bigger, but they're not exactly accepted as humans, but they all have souls. Hmm. It's interesting. It's like, I mean, the writing's a little wonky, but it also tries to go off in different directions. Kind of like how, you know how in Watchmen they had the whole like sub story of the pirate thing that went on, the, the yeah. um, Tales of the Black Freighter. Yep. There's a lot of that kind of stuff that runs parallel to this. So it's like it gives you a bigger fleshed out world. It was interesting and I would recommend it. Okay. So there you go. Okay. So that's about it for so, small, small press. press for now. Check, Check it out. out. Go. Read it. You know what's cool too is if you go to your comic book store and I dun, know. Dun, dun. I know Carolyn Johns is the one I go to. That's and they're small. Like if you go to the comic book store and you ask somebody about some small press stuff, they usually get really excited because that's that's kind of like the the unique stuff, like the 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 the, the diamonds in the rough, like the indie music stuff, where it's like yeah. check out this like this the single, check yeah. out this forty five. There's a gentleman who works there. I can I remember his name? But he has made me end up buying so much random stuff that's all been good. Mm-hmm. Like he got me into Rising Stars. Uh, he got me into Why the Last Man. <clears throat> he got me into coughing. He got me into uh, Battle Royale, which is not indie press. It's manga. Like every time he's like, check it out. I'm like, and I end up buying the entire thing. So yes. Um, but I love, I love capes and cows. I love the Spider-Mans, but please, um, if you are kind of in a rut right now and you're kind of tired of all the big movie stuff coming out, please check out um, independent press. It's like, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. It's like, um, it, it's like you, you ever have a song, that you think that you found before someone else did and you just enjoy it and you just want to share it with people. That's how I feel about independent press where it's yeah. like, I read this and like, I, I think I um, got Joe, I, I got you turned on to why the last man, which that's more, that's vertigo, but that's, that's, so it's bigger, bigger yeah. title, but yeah. it's like, I get excited to share things with people. And I think that's how I think you should give it a chance. So there's that. Okay. So, Moving on to this part. All right, so I came up with a game for Paul. Paul's come up with a few games for me. And as some of you probably have gathered listening to the show, Paul's a pretty big Mega Man fan. I love Mega Man 2. Uh, it's a great classic NES game. Um, and he's 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 transcended uh, cartoon shows and more than just video games. But Mega Man, not me. I'm yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna quiz Paul here and see how much he knows about the Robot Masters of Evil. Let's bring it on, but you're about to find out how much <laughs> I don't know. So let's bring so, it on. I'm gonna ask you a question about 
I'm going to give you two robot masters of evil. One of them is a real robot master of evil. Another oh, okay. one is a fake robot master oh, no. of evil. Oh, no. Okay, okay. Okay? And this spans from Mega Man 2 all the way to Mega Man 10. Oh, no. I have a lot of robot masters, but I'm going to try to keep it as short as I can, okay? So you have 9 and 10, which are the games that are made well after the other Yeah, ones? those okay. are the ones that were ports to the Xbox okay. and, and PS3. Um, I also have some bonus questions that are going to sneak in here to get you some extra points. Okay, I like so it. So those are going to be more geared towards actual questions. Do you want to call it out right now? Perfect score. Perfect score. Okay. <laughs> He's shooting for a perfect score. And I Follow have, my shot. I'm pointing to the and, horizon right now. And I have a ranking here. If you can get the highest ranking, I have a trophy for you that I'll bring to you next week. Oh, well, damn because, it. I better get the trophy. Because I forgot it. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I felt like I should have brought it with me and then enticed you. But, like um, you, you should have brought it, and then when I fail, you break it in front of me and just step on it. Okay. So here we go. Oh, that's the wrong one. Okay, we'll start it off kind of easy, because I know you two and, two and three pretty well. Yeah. All right, who is a real robot master? Is it Snake Man or Dark Man? Stark, uh, Snake Man. Stark Man. Who's Stark Man? He's just really, like, he's kind of sarcastic. Dark Man's the Sam Raimi thing. I know that. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Good job. Um, Snake Man. Snake Man. All right. Let's go. Let's go a little further down the list here. So, all right, who who is a real robot master? Is it Skull Man or Twilight Man? Does Twilight Man twinkle in the sunlight? Well, maybe because it's Skull Man. I know that's the real guy. There you go yeah. with his fakey leaf shield. <laughs> All right. So let's, let's just move down the list a little bit more. All right, here, this one might be a little harder. <laughs> Who is the real robot master? Nightman or Sonic Woman? Nightman. Because there's only been one woman robot master, and that was Wave Woman for Mega Man 9. You sure about that? I have no idea. <laughs> I said it with confidence, though. Was I right? I was right, right? Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, let's see. Who do we got here? Oh, it's a bonus question. Oh, that's a, that's a proto man proto right there. Man. Yeah. All right. So, uh, bonus question. There's two bonus questions. Okay. So, we'll do two bonus questions. Since proto man could be kind of tough. Uh, okay. What does the abbreviation DLN and DWN stand for in the Robot Master's designation? DLN and DWN? Mm-hmm. It, I'll, I'll give you a hint. Please. There was a number after each one. I, the only thing I could think of, and this has nothing to do with it, was like, like the special rush options that go with along with Mega Man. Oh no, I died. Oh, no, you died. Uh, no, I jumped uh, on some spikes. It stands for Dr. Light number or Dr. Wiley number. Oh, so that basically that been obvious. But so basically which scientist created oh. the robot master. So because Light created a few, Wiley created a few. All right. Yeah. So, second, this will tie in. Second uh bonus question is Mega Man is known as Rockman in his home country of Japan and his DLN number is 001. 
Who was 000 and what was he called in Japan? Oh, is that is that Proto Man? That's right. I'll give you I'll okay. give you I'll give you 1 point for that. Okay. So And his uh, name in Japan was uh Pre-Rock Man. No. It was Breakman. Breakman? Breakman was Proto Man's Cuz that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So. All right. You know, Johnny Crayfish, if you're listening, I'm, I have failed you miserably. <laughs> All right. So let's see who else we got here. All right. Uh, here we go. Who is the real robot master? Crystal Man or Nova Man? Crystal Man. I know my fake robots. <laughs> All right, let's see if I can get this a little harder. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go deep. I'm gonna go all the way down here. Like Pepsi Crystal Man. Pepsi. <laughs> Tab Man. Jasta Man. Jasta Man. Garbage Man versus Police Man. Hornet Man or Force Man? Hornet Man. Oh, wow. Stupid robot master. Like, like, yeah. What's your name, B-Man? B-Man. Like, if you're, if you're Dr. Wily and you create robots for one specific purpose, it's like, I- I'm going to make you the, the, the bees people hate dealing with. Really? Like, what are you going to provide to society? Alright, I'm trying to fix some robot masters here for you. I think it's kind of quiet after a while. All right, fine. <laughs> Joe's an intimidated man right now because of my robot master knowledge. Oil man or search man? Oh, really? Those are two? Oil man, search man? One of them's real. Oh, search man sounds like the dumb one, so I'm going to go search man. You're going to go search man? Search is, man, sir. Is the robot master? That's, that's the Google master. <laughs> search man is a real. What's his now, power? His power is to be able to type know. effectively. I think, I think he has like glasses. I will. I will find things. I don't know. You're you're doing good on the robot masters. Oh, yeah, evidently. Um, Oil man. That sounds like a robot master. Oil man actually is a robot master, but not in the game. They put him in one of the cartoon episodes. Oh well, there so. you. You wouldn't Some have been Mega wrong. Man, Mega Man expanded universe canon right there. A little bit of a trick question. So, all right. <laughs> Chill man or blast man? Ooh, that's tough. Because yeah, they, they're starting to sound like ice and fire, which is a lot of things that happen to Mega they, Man. They do. I was going to do a question where it was like, how many ice and fire? Robots? Oh, that's there's, tough. There's a lot. I'm going to go with blast man as the robot master. You're going to go with blast man? Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, it was it was chill, man. Does he just hang out like on his, his parents' he does, couch? And he's got some sunglasses. Yeah, he's, he's just like, like, I'll get a job tomorrow. Deal with it, man. <laughs> deal, deal with it. All right. Joe Man is not a robot master.
Man, man. What? Techno Man or Dust Man? Dust Man. Well, that was quick. That's from Mega Man 4. No, Techno Man? Yeah, oonts, 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 oonts. He drops the beat. I didn't put these notes together very well. Unprepared Man. Yeah, that's me. I'm Unprepared Man. Oh, a Proto Man bonus question. Proto Man snuck in there. So, am I in the running still for the trophy? I think I am. Yeah, you're still doing good because you only really the big well the big questions are the uh, the bonus ones because those are worth three. Oh, okay. But you you got half of the ones. So, okay. okay. (laughs) Um, The bonus question is: Why did the developers choose to make Mega Man Blue? Why? Because it it was probably easier to program that the two colors versus the background. Because there's a limited color palette with um, with the original 8-bit technology for Nintendo. Yes. Or, NES. sorry, Super Famicom or whatever they call NES it. NES had more colors available, uh, blue, than any other yeah. color. So, um, all right. So. All right. So, who is the robot master? Is it Tomahawk Man? Tomahawk Man. Be- wow. <laughs> he, he was like... <laughs> that's another one. It's like, that's an oddly specific robot. Like, why would you have that? You already are a robot. Can't you just, like, make guns? Okay, why are you using Tomahawks? Yeah, can't you just be Gun Man? Who was the other one that you made up? I just want to be curious. Bone Man. Bone Man? He just goes around and be like, hey, your sister? Bone Man. I was just being inappropriate man there for a second. Cold Man or Turbo Man? Oh, that's another... See, you're doing like the whole like speed and like temperature thing again. Oh, I had to there, throw a couple curveballs. There, there, there was Ice you. Man in there. I know that he was one of the original Robot Masters. I'm gonna go with Turbo Man. Oh, okay. They never had a Cold Man. They had, That's weird. They had so many, they had Fire Man. So many different. Did they guys. have Fire Man? Yeah. Or was it Heat? There was Heat Man in the second what? one. Was it Fire Man in the first one? I really was trying to find a Jingle All the Way sound bit because a Turbo Man was the. Oh toy. yeah, yeah. That's He's right. Guy, no, not the Turbo Man. Turbo Man. Turbo ah. Man. Oh, oh. Bonus question. Bonus question. Okay. Both these robot masters are from Mega Man 6. Oh, no. What do Windman and Nightman have in common? Windman? Windman. Windman. I thought Windman. Like, he wins everything. Windman. And Nightman? Here, I'll put on some... Thinking music. What do they have in common? They both have chain maces for hands. So the Nightman does. Oh, okay. No. They were both the first two robot masters to be created in North America. Capcom ran a contest, and oh. the winners from North America got to create two. Well, North America, that's a stupid name for Nightman. <laughs> it was K-N-I-G-H-T, man, right? Yeah, that's how right, it was. Correct. As opposed to Charlie Day, who probably submitted Nightman. <laughs> like, you know. 
versus the Dayman. Was Dayman a robot master? Probably not. Okay. No, he wasn't. I should have put that on there. Karate Man? Karate Man. All right, let's see here. All right, who was a robot master? Dragon Man or Hard Man? Hard Man. That's Mega Man Three. You gotta get, you gotta stay away from like the, the the ones I know. Two, three. Yeah. I know. I need to jump back down and. If you're gonna be like, who's go- who's a robot master? Top Man. I'm like Top Man. That's the answer right there. As opposed to Bottom Man. You know what I know what Bottom Man does. Hmm? <laughs> bottom Man. Power right. Bottom Man. So who who's a robot master? Uh, Nitro Man or Chain Man? Oh. I'm going to go with Nitro Man. Oh. I guess I'm just like the Robot Master Whisperer on a lot of this. You I, you yeah. claim you were like, oh, I don't know. Are you going to get me? Maybe maybe I read the Wikipedia on a lot of this stuff like at one point in my life and I just remembered it. I don't know. I, I forgot all my family and friends from high school. It's all coming back to you now? Yeah. All right. It's like the Celine Dion song. I should hide this page. This is... This is like Mega Man 2 and 3. You're going to know all those. Yep, probably. I mean, not probably. Yes, I will. Yes, you will. Ah, here we go. Um, Grenade Man or Ruby Man? Oh, shoot. Oh, those both sound like really dumb uh, robot masters. I'm going to go with Grenade Man. There was a gym man in Mega Man 9. Gym man was in 9. Yeah. See, I go 1, 2, 3, 4, and then 9, 10. That's kind of what happens right there. Actually, damn, I could have got you. Gem man was not a robot master. You sure? Uh, Jewel man. Jewel man. Oh, because yeah, he sang Jewel songs. That's, that's how they get you. So. Yeah. He just kept singing, who will save your soul? And they had to fight him. <laughs> yeah. All right. These hands are strong, I know. <laughs> He's from Idaho. That's where he's from. Because it's Jim Man, not Jewel Man. It's the Jim State. <laughs> All right. So, who's the real robot master here? Is it Lasagna Man? <laughs> or, or I Hate Mondays Man. Or Pump Man. <laughs> oh, this seems like this is the obvious one. I'm going to go Pump Man. <laughs> okay. Because if there was Lasagna Man, I'd be like, that would be tasty. My girlfriend held me come with that one. I like that one. I was like, hey, give me some Robot Master. She didn't know what I was doing. I was like, she, just like, give me she's like Cookie Master? a random thing. Was it Cookie Master? And then we'll put man in front of it, like like Chair Man. And chair Man. like lasagna. And I'm like, all right, fine. <laughs> I'm like, that's that that probably I would almost be picked Lasagna Man because he like buries you in layers and then cooks you. And you are delicious. All right. Pierogi Man. Is that what's coming up next? Pierogi. Whoa, hold up there, soundboard. I'm hitting things. With my... All right, so who... It's is... not so easy when you go press some buttons, is it? Um, shut up. <laughs> so. Oh, I lost my robot master that I had. Oh, okay. Is it Big ZD who... Man? <laughs> Big ZD Man. Who's a real robot master? Concrete Man or Space Man? Oh, no. Oh, there was that one weird one in nine that um, threw UFOs at you. 
Concrete Man sounds like a bad translation, so we'll go with that. There was no Spaceman. Yeah, but there was like like Astro Man or UFO Man from Nine, something like that. All right, and again, I don't remember anybody I went to high school with. Just so you know, like it's all been folded up with like robot masters. <laughs> you just signed them all. Yeah, I have three robot masters in my desk. I have a, a, a um, like a like a yarn Mega Man, and then I have a Quick Man and um, a Crash Man. There are those little beads, not those little beads, but the like, little tiles that you put together. So yeah. All right, so we've got Acid Man or Plug Man. Plug Man. I don't think we're going to be able to stop him. Am I getting a trophy next week? It could happen. All right. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Bonus question. <clears throat> what is the clear order for Mega Man 1? Oh, shoot. Oh. Oh, no. <laughs> um, the clear order to get through the six robot masters, and that's it. Yeah. Right? Um, oh, wow. There's actually two, so okay. I'll give you one. So are you going to stop me as, when I mess up? Because yep. I don't remember all six. Um, are you Are you just... Well, hold on. Okay. Put some boss music on. Yeah, I'm going to say Cut Man. Am I right so far? Hold on. So you start... This is your order. Cut Man. Oh, no! Guts Man? Fire or ice first? Oh. You go fire... Bomb, guts, cut, electric, ice, or you could take ice right away because ice is somehow easy with the buster. Mega Man 1 is like the hardest game in the world. And like, I tried, I, I got through the Robot Masters, but I couldn't get through the Wily stages. I'll admit that. But two and three are like my favorite games of all time. All right. Guess couple, no trophy for me. Couple more, couple more. Okay. Fang Man or Sword Man? Sword Man. Can't stop Paul. I used to work for a Fang Man. I'm not. I'm not making that up. What? What? Yeah, I used to work for a Fang Man. Fang Man. Yeah. I mean, I don't think he had actually fangs, but that was you know, that was his last name. Yeah, or... it was Fang Man. Oh, okay. All right. And I was like, I am a Stead Man. I will fight you. Gyro Man or Fork Man? Gyro Man. <laughs> Do I have like this weird Rain Man power of naming Robot Masters? Is that what's going on? I think yeah. so, yeah. Def- definitely, definitely a lot of queens. A lot of queens. A lot, lot of mans. A lot of mans. A lot of mans. A lot of plug mans. We took a thing, man. Gotta watch People's Court. Gotta watch Wapner. That's not really a good Rain Man impersonation. That's all I got, though. <laughs> Rain Man. Is that a robot master or not? Like, no, oh, Rain okay. Man is not. I should have put it on there, though. <laughs> There's some on here that I should have that I'm not going to use. So, Def- right. Definitely a robot master. All right. Clown Man or Tesla Man? Tesla Man. Oh, really? Clown Man? Clown Man is a robot master. Oh, that's terrifying. Does he show up in a really small car with like six of his friends? <laughs> yeah. He just keeps popping people yeah. out of the car. It's like, even if you kill him, he just keeps showing up in the game to follow you around. I thought that was a pretty ridiculous one, too. Oh. 
I only get a couple more left. So. Okay. Ah, da, 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 da. All right. Oh no! Here we go. Proto Man is back for his bonus question, and the bonus question is: What is the clear order for Mega Man Two? Okay, I'll tell you. Okay. Oh wow, it's been a while. For me, it's Airman, Crashman, Woodman, Flashman, Quickman. Um. Well, I mean, clear order. I mean, you can go Bubble Man after you got. Well, you got to go to Metal Man, and then Hold Bubble on. Man. Hold on. Shoot. I'm gonna. No, no. Okay. Gonna give you. I'm gonna give you some time to think about. It. Here, Gosh, you want some paper? It. No, 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 no. I can do this. I can okay. Do this. Okay, fine. Airman, Crashman, Woodman. Um, I used to play that game in all the, all the order all the time. After Woodman, um, I would go after um, Metal Man, Bubble Man, Flash Man, and Quick Man. There's a man I'm missing though. Man, but I'd go after him after Bubble Man, because Bubble the Bubble Lee would go after Heat Man. What so, do you got? Hold on. I guess I'm not doing good with this, but I would just. Be, I used to play the game so much I would just like go out of order and play things all the time. You'd just be like, I don't need any. I use because, the Mega Buster. No, because there's a way to. You See, can start the game. You can start the game with um with Metal Man, mm -hmm. and then go after Bubble Man if you really wanted to. Um, and then Bubble Man, you go to Heat Man. Um, and then Heat Man, you could use. You know what? I guess I'm going to fail this question because I would just purposely test myself and try all these different ways of getting about it. So there's there's still two ways you could do it. Or uh, you could cheat and just go into the, the, the menu and just put the, the dot in the far right corner for the code and get in like eight <laughs> E canisters and just play however you wanted. That's Met the answer. Me metal, air, crash, bubble, heat, wood, flash, quick. Or you could just put metal... Somewhere else and start with air. Eh. Quick doesn't always have to be the last guy. Yeah, he does. Why? If you ever tried to beat Quick Man without Flash Man? Well, he doesn't have to be the last guy, but Flash Man doesn't be the last guy either. No, but still. All right. Do you have some Flash Man music real quick? Do you have Flash Man? I don't know. Sorry. I know. It's the best music ever. <laughs> All right. Why? You know, I, I protest my losing of that question because I would play that out of order all the time. That's that's my protest. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you got it wrong. I got it wrong, but I'd protest. Hey, you know what? They made that game to where you could actually be any boss with a Mega Buster. So my argument is you could face any of the Robot Masters when you wanted to. Whoa. How and I finished the Quick Man level without Flash Man stopping powers. That, so That's good. Yeah. That, that is actually hard to do. Yeah, it is hard to do. I did it. All right. No screenshots. Who? I can make that up. Who's real? <laughs> who's real here? Galaxy Man or Eggman? Galaxy Man. That's who I was thinking of for Mega Man 9. All right. I have some more, but I think we've got enough, and Paul has proved that he knows his Robot Masters, just not his Mega Man trivia. Uh, uh. Maybe we'll do, uh, we'll do a round some other time, but uh, let's, see. let's see where he ranked. Let me add this up real quick. You listening, you guys protest that Mega Man 2 playthrough. It's fine. You have my support. Some exciting things going on right now. There's a lot adding up of things right now. That's what's going on. 
some tabulating. Okay. So, if you scored a 1 to 10, you are Met the Hard Hat. Do you know who Met is? The Hard Hats are like the little enemies. Little guy, yeah. (laughs) Keep it going, okay. So, you are not Met the Hard Hat. If you score 11 to 17, you're Roll. Oh, the sidekick. Oh, the sidekick. To to make a man. You're not Roll. If you score 18 to 24, you're Rush. Okay, I'm Rush. You're not Rush. Oh. Oh. Now, 25 to 34, it's Proto Man. Probably a Proto Man. And then 35 to 45 is Mega Man. Oh, no, I'm not Mega oh, Man. Oh, no, you scored Mega. You got Mega Man. Really? What was my score? Uh, it was like 36. Oh, so I just right at the bottom. I, so I'm like a Mega Man Midas. Well, it's because you did so good on the Robot Masters. I tried to have the bonus questions offset it, but you offset it with the Robot Masters questions. <laughs> so I'll have your trophy next week. Sweet. All right, let's stop this right now. Okay, there we go. All right, so um, <laughs> all right, that was a lot of fun. I appreciate that, and then everybody that played at home. So hopefully you guys played, and that was a good time. So um, real quick, again, looking for people to compete in the coloring contest. Um, I don't know what you people have against coloring, but you should color. It'd be a good time. <laughs> Um, please color craft post on our webpage, which is on invasion of the podcast on Facebook. We are on Twitter at invading podcast at Twitter. We have a Gmail account. It's invading podcast at Gmail. Write us some questions. Send us questionable photos. Not really, but like write us. It'd be fine. Also go on iTunes and Stitcher and give us good reviews. If you like the show, yeah. that'd be a lot of like, that would be a lot of fun and also help us out a great deal. We'd appreciate it. So, so. um, anything no, just, okay. I mean, interact, do the, uh, um, if you know any comics that you've read that you want to share, email it to us if you want. Absolutely, please. Throw it up on Twitter, throw it up on Facebook, we'll talk to you, we'll talk to other listeners about it, we'll discuss stuff. Um, yeah, unless it's Family Circus, then we're not going to talk about that, yeah. but if you want to recommend other comics, we'll read that. Yeah, if it's Marmaduke, you're going to get <laughs> kicked. <laughs> I love Marmaduke. Uh, like, could it be n- Bloop Country? Could it be Bloop Country? It'd be great. No writing in Marmaduke. Perch just looks out his damn window and writes. Yeah, my, my favorite thing, if you could talk about, would be Ziggy. Could you talk about Ziggy? He just never had a good day. Anyway, that's what we're talking How about. How come Ziggy and Kathy never hooked up? They should. You're right. I never thought about that. They should. They were made for each other. She won't shut up, and he never talks. So it yeah. works out really well. And they're both unhappy. Yeah, right? So they could be unhappy together. So I like that a lot. So um, anyway, that's how you hit us up. Please, um, you know, interact with us. Leave us good reviews. Um, this has been a lot of fun. Um, next week, I'm sure we'll have some more good stuff to talk about. And uh, I, we, we appreciate you listening as well. Um, anything in, in closing? Uh, no. Sorry. No? Okay. I don't have anything. You're the one who closes it down. In, in a like, bad way. Some, so I, I never leave it on a good note. So, all right. Anyway, have a good week. Uh, and we'll talk to you next week.
told you before, I didn't want you to read this crap. I never saw such rotten crap in my life. Where do you get this shit? Who sells it to you? 